Yo, what's going on everybody? It is Friday. Happy Friday to you all. We've made it towards almost the weekend. Although, I guess, I mean, in Chicago, sorry, another big truck going by. Uh, in Chicago and a lot of parts of the Midwest, a lot of companies have summer hours. I know I always tried to do that at my business. Um, where every Friday or every other Friday, depending on how busy things really got, if it was possible, try and cut off early for Friday afternoon so people could, you know, start their summer weekends a little bit earlier. So hopefully the weekend has started for you already. If not, hopefully it's starting soon. But either way, we're pretty much there. If not there, uh, congratulations. It's August 7th, 2020, and uh, it's a beautiful day, day here in Iowa. It's supposed to be getting hotter, and it's kind of warming up a little bit, but... Still really pleasant temperatures out. Um, yeah, it's um, people are already like complaining that it feels like fall already, but I'm like, don't worry, don't worry, it'll come back, it'll come back, it's gonna be hot. They say it's supposed to be really hot tomorrow and Sunday, so we'll see how it all goes. How is everybody else here doing? We got Timmy Pim, not really Hank Aaron, uh, let's see, Jonathan Fan, Chris Yao, because <laughs> I wish I could grow facial hair like that. Uh, I wish that I could grow facial hair like this. It took, um, you know, a world-changing event for me to be able to grow a mustache. So, um, you know, pretty much had to move heaven and earth before this could happen. But, you know, I wouldn't say it was worth it, but it's a, you know, a silver lining maybe, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Louis Becerra's here says, yo, what's going on? And uh, Roadrunner Reviews, JC. JC's back, had a two-day absence. That's okay. He says, uh, yeah, facial hair grain is strong. Um, my uh, brother-in-law came the other day. I think I mentioned it to you guys. And uh, he was here. He came by to pick up a saw from my father-in-law. And um, he's been growing. I think he's shaved it once or twice, but he's he can grow like a Duck Dynasty-level beard. And his has been like sev somewhat trimmed. But... Um, He's a teacher, and so he's thinking that, you know, he's probably got to trim it a little bit more because at least what the plans are now, he's going to have to be teaching in person. And I think he, he's worried that the, his masks don't fit properly over his giant beard. So he's going to be trimming it soon. But, like, as much as I felt like, you know, I feel like I've done a pretty good job, like, cultivating all this going on here, um, you know, like, he shows up and he's just, like, boom, like, full, like, facial hair. Oh, well. It's okay. Every, you know, it's like I say, with heat, speed, cold, there's always someone that's faster, someone that runs with hotter temperatures, or someone that rolled, runs in colder temperatures. There's always someone else. It's okay. Um, Pete G1980 says, what beer are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm not drinking beer yet. I'm still on noon uh, for now. But tonight I'll probably have some 312s. We've got some of that in the house. Um, the beers in the house, we have, oh, you know what? I might have some sh summer shandies, Kugels action. It's very sweet. I feel like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, but the older I get, the sweeter summer shandies seem to take. All right, you want to show everybody something? Okay. The camera's up here. All right. Yep. Yep. Cool. What do you do with that? Put money. You put money? money. Is it a purse? No, it's a money holder. A money holder. Okay. Awesome. Great. Okay. Thank you. All right, sorry, sorry for the interruption. You just had to show you guys. We found, uh, oh, my sister-in-law came, uh, and she uh, apparently has been cleaning out her basement. And so, uh, I mean, she didn't come inside. All these interactions are happening out in the lawn. Uh, but uh, she came by and dropped over, like, a, a couple, like, plastic bins full of toys. 
uh, which are all like her age appropriate. So she's been pretty excited. Plus her birthday is coming up. So she just thinks everything's her birthday present. But PG, um, I'm, I'm probably going to have some lining kugels today, some summer shandies. Uh, what are you going to have? Let's see, Bert, I guess, says, um, sorry, just moved. Uh, heat wave going on in Belgium. Went for a run in the forest, and it's a bit cooler. Yeah, it's amazing how much more temperature regulating uh, forests can be. It's amazing. But I didn't realize you were having a heat wave over there. Um, let's see. Uh, David Sachs says, what's going on? Listening to the live stream while out on a run. Very cool. TJM Run says, give me 40 degrees any day. Optimal running temp for me anyway. Very cool. Uh, J Trumpet 2211 says, uh, that sounds like a, 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 a campaign. J Trumpet 2211. Although that would never work because it's an odd number. But he says, greetings from Newport News, Virginia. Very cool. Uh, right. Let's see. Sean Marshall says, got 10 miles in this AM, and boy, felt good in the cool mornings we have been having. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. I did nine today, uh, five by myself, and then my daughter wanted to go, and so like I only did five here, so that way we can go do four together over on the trail. And uh, my knee started bothering me like halfway through. So I, that's why I'm thinking like I still need to – it's the same like thing that's kind of been happening. It just feels like an overuse injury. Of course, I still haven't – consulted a, a, a medical professional about it because uh, that's the kind of thing I'm bad at doing. I'm going to make a better effort at that. Um, and so I just feel like, yeah, I'm going to take it easy for another couple more days. See how it goes. Uh, Martha says, I'll second low 40 to low 50 degrees for ideal running, not counting windshield, humidity, or other mitigating factors. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm a cold weather runner. I like cold weather. My favorite like way to run is in like long pants, maybe tights, um, like a hoodie or some sort of like longer layer up top and gloves and a hat, like a winter hat. Like that's how I like to run. Um, yeah, I mean like two inch shorts and a, and a singlet are pretty cool, but um, I just prefer running like bundled up. I don't know. Uh, Gavin Braden got his first post lockdown haircut today. It should shave a few seconds off the 5K time. Very cool, very cool. Travis Rogan says, thoughts on the London Marathon? I'm excited for showdown. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. And my understanding is they changed the course for the elites. It's going to be a, a looped course. So I think that's super awesome as well because then it just gives people more opportunities to see. Um, I mean, I feel like the like a marathon race uh, is less interesting for the competitors as a looped course, but it's more interesting for um, spectators. I mean, not that I think there should be a lot of spectators there at the event. But I just remember from the Atlanta Marathon trials, um, like having that looped course was really cool to see from like a spectator perspective. And I from the like the post race interviews, not post race, but like the interviews of competitors that I listened to, they like appreciated it too because it gave you lots of opportunities to see like where everyone else was because like there was an out and back, or even on a looped course if it's you know banked, you get a chance to kind of like see behind you. Um, so like not bank, but if there's a curve, um, then you might get a chance to see who's behind you. So I think that it could make for a really interesting race. I think it will be, um, I mean, hopefully that means it can be even flatter slash faster. I mean, that'd be the thing to do. And the other thing that I hope for because of that is like, because there won't, I mean, not that it matters cause the elites are so fast and they get sent out early anyway, but like 
you know, all the different sports are talking about like, you know what, we can't have fans, but what are some of the other things that we could do with cameras and audio visuals that we wouldn't have been able to do because it would have blocked a spectator's view? Like people are thinking about like, all right, well, how do we take this like limitation and turn it into a strength to deliver it for people that can't be here? So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I, I, I would love to see if it's a looped course, if we get some drones overhead. I don't know if they're thinking about that at all. That's just something that's the first thing that comes to my mind is like, can we get a drone that's fast enough to keep up with Bekele and Kipchoge? And who are, I mean, here's the thing. We're all thinking that it's going to be Bekele and Kipchoge. What if there's someone else? What if it's someone else and not neither of those two? Or, or one of those two and a third or a third and fourth? You know what I mean? So it could be all sorts of stuff. But I would love to be able to see just some other types of angles that we don't normally see because there's fewer people on the course, there's gonna be fewer people on the course, it's looped, so that gives you some more opportunities for um, planning, capturing the race. So that, I, think, I, think, I think it could be really, I think it could be as cool as it could be, given the circumstances. Um, there's lots of opportunities. So I'm excited, I'm very excited. I don't know when it is though, anyone know? Is it still like uh, September? Soon, so it's like soon. Lewis M says, hey, Mike, I sent a pic of the upcoming Ultra Boost 2021 on Instagram. What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I saw that picture. I forget. You sent me a link to one of the news so like sources that like look at the Ultra Boost 2021. And it seems to be a substantial departure from what they did in 2020. So for 2020, I don't know. I haven't seen a solar boost for 20. I'd like there is there a solar boost 20 this year? I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention. But it seems to me like the Ultra Boost 20 felt a lot like the Solar Boost 19. Um, and it was trimmed down, less boost in the midsole, uh, much more runnable, felt like a daily trainer. I actually liked it this year. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it. I didn't like Ultra Boost 19, but Ultra Boost 4.0 I really liked. So, I mean, like, it just felt more like a running shoe. The 2021, from the looks of it, unless they're doing something else with that boost, it's going to be a big, heavy behemoth that I don't think runners or casual wearers are really going to love, unless it just ends up being super comfortable. But it's just like a giant fat stack of, of boost in the back, and it looks like it curves down to a really, like, relatively short forefoot midsole. So um, I'm excited. I think it's going to try to – they're trying to make Ultra Boost the boostiest of the boosty shoes again which I feel like the Triumph 17 and 18 easily took that crown. So we'll see. It should be interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, all right. Jay Campo says, what's your take on Courtney Dalter's 500-mile endeavor? Crazy or crazy fun? I think it's both. Um, I mean, I think for her at her level, it's like, what? I mean, like, is she undefeated? She's not undefeated in races, is she? But when she does win, she wins with such dominance that I feel like if that's your thing, you got to find, like, what's your next, like, challenge. And I think that's amazing for her. Uh, all right. Let's see. Steve says, I did easy seven pace miles in endorphin shift today. And at about mile three, got tingling slash pins and needles in my toes for a bit. Shoes weren't tight. Any ideas? That usually, to me, is a signal that there's a lot of arch height and something's poking your arches. 
for me, that usually goes away after a run or two. That's for me like a break-in issue. So I would try and give him like another run, uh, maybe two more runs and see how it goes. Unless you're worried about it's gonna be a real big problem, then I would just, and if you can still return him now and you're like leaning that way, then do that. But for me, when I see that, maybe anyone else has a, a very different idea, I usually get like some numbness or tingling when the arch is touching my arch. My wife gets it a lot. Um, for her, it doesn't always go away. For me, it usually does. So it's just something to keep in mind. Swiftbug says, Kofuzi, you gonna grow out your hair, get a man bun? Uh, I mean, I'm trying. I feel like this is my last probably attempt uh, at having long hair. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if I can get into into man bun territory. I think I need a trim though, because like this hair is like way too long compared to like what's up here, and so like the, like, the lengths are all funky. Um, so far, like the closest I can do is like array like triple bun, like three little buns. You know, um, that's all I can really get because the hair is just weird lengths. That's all. Um, but we'll see. And then, like, if I can get a man bun and then it ends up looking silly. Like, I've tried it before. Like, last summer I had relatively long hair and it just looked weird. So then I cut it short again because I was like, nah, it doesn't work for me. Uh, I just don't know if I have, like, the right head shape for a man bun. That's the thing. The Champion Ox says, you've been a great inspiration to me and I appreciate your insights. I'm 6'3 and 250 and running my first 26.2 next year in Pittsburgh. Well, that's awesome. Champion Ox, I think that's a really hilly course. Which, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know, and you're used to that. Unless you're not from Pittsburgh and you're pit picking Pittsburgh as a destination race. But um, I'm not that familiar with the course. But having run in Pittsburgh before, relatively recently, like I think it was two, was it? It wasn't last December. It was two Decembers ago. Um, wow, was it two Decembers ago already? I think it was. Uh, maybe it was last December. I don't know. But uh, having what feels like very recently run in Pittsburgh before um it is crazy hilly there really hilly so to do a race there you gotta be tough I'm sure you could do it um let's see Kofu Martha says Kofu didn't super small to another club member said they were PT and offered to consult with you for free yeah I, uh, I yeah I have to reach out to super small I'll see if I can um contact her and I know you Martha you sent me information on uh your PT I just need to you know follow up Sometimes I have a problem with follow through. So, uh, the faster 26.2 says, uh, eight miles at threshold at 5 a.m. with 75 degrees Fahrenheit, which isn't too bad, but 95% humidity is a lot. It's been brutal in Florida. Can't wait until cool temps. Yeah, I would say probably the exact same thing. Because I remember it wasn't that different than that over here as well uh, for morning temperatures. Maybe not at five, but like at seven o'clock, it was like that here for a couple weeks. And uh, that was hot. It was really hot, but eight, an eight mile threshold though. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. Good work. Uh, PG1980 says, hi Kofuzi. What's the best thing to eat after a long run? Um, I would say whatever your body is craving is the best thing to eat after a long run. Uh, for me, I like to have something with like sugar, salt and, and, um, proteins in it. So, um, not necessarily just like a granola bar because those tend to be pretty high in just carbs. Uh, but like, you know, usually like recovery drinks or protein shakes will have a nice mix of all those things. Um, if it can be like, depending on the run, a lot of my runs are at lower heart rate. So I feel like um, I try to replenish with a little bit of something that has a higher, uh, like a plant fat in it, like seeds. So um, I like to have granola 
uh, like yogurt with some granola and a whole bunch of seeds and dried fruit. So like that usually for me is what I like. Is that the best? I'm not sure. I got. I mean, I think a, an, uh, a dietitian would be able to give you some better advice on that. But I also think it'll depend on what the run was, maybe, I think. That's my hunch. Um, Sody Max says, it's 90 degrees here and I crashed after work. No run for me here today. That's uh, okay too. I mean, it's summertime. You know, you got to take care of yourself. Um, that's a lot of heat. Um, Inez Dunbar says, Kofuzi, I may never rock the two in shorts, but I'm fine on the beard front. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, very cool. Uh, Faster26.2 says, well done on the math training. Is there a goal in mind on how low on pace you can go? Um, there isn't. What I would um, like to see, and like, you know, I don't know if I'd ever like, you know, give up on it because it just seems to be a, an, an interesting way. Like right now I'm having fun running with it. For a long time I wasn't. Um, but like um, at a certain point, I think like my ability to improve on it will go away. And so um, at that point I might need to tweak it and do some of like the aerobic intervals that Maffetone talks about. But I mean, that would be, um, if I had that, a need for that, that'd be like a great problem to have. But the goal ultimately, I think, is not necessarily a time, but like the idea that like I can't run my Maffetone heart rate number every day because it'd be way too hard. Like my body would like, you know, um, just start getting, be very likely to get injured. Like that's the kind of like level of proficiency I'd, or mastery that I'd like to have. I mean, right now I'm starting along that way where I feel like I don't try to hit like 145 in terms of my heart rate on average every day, I shoot for something a little bit lower um, because that's what feels easy. So I'm, I'm getting there, I think. How much more I'll progress from here, I'm not sure. I may have already hit kind of like a plateau um, in terms of my ability to progress with this style of training without substantially changing like lifestyle and diet and sleep and recovery habits and all that other stuff, which I'm generally just not like, that kind of stuff is too like expensive air quotes uh, to do. Like, I know I can do it. They're manageable, but I'm not, like, willing to put in that effort. And I'm okay with not reaping the rewards of that effort. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at on that. Uh, J8924 says, hi, Kofuzi. And lots of eyes. I just finished a 5K hiking running from Puerto Rico. Cheers. Awesome. Very cool. Javi. Not J. Sorry. Javi8924. Awesome. Uh, Henrik Viking says, hello, guys, from a hot Sweden. Cool. All right, let's see. Um, Ed Chan says, I really recently watched a Kofuzi shoe review from January 2020, and pre-pandemic Kofuzi without facial hair looks like a 14-year-old boy. I, yeah, I've been looking back at some of the other videos too because I've been looking at like a old, um, like my old Maffetone videos because I wanted to check, like chart my progression for today's video. And then like I was looking at like the Triumph 17 videos recently because I was looking at the Triumph 18. And I, I, I feel like a, I'm like, I feel like a completely different person than that person. And it was, it was like, you know, like a hundred days ago kind of thing. It's, I mean, that being said, like the last hundred days have been very eventful for everyone. So I guess it's okay. Um, Steven Gersdorf says, does anyone think the high uh, heel stack height and long back flares are gimmicky and ugly? Uh, Steven Gersdorf likes zero drop. Um, you know, I think that uh, the heel flare thing, I think that that was a trend that was really beautiful. 
Um, I think it's falling out of favor, and I think it's going to go away. Um, but I think we'll still have, like, some semblances of that. Because uh, remember, before, like, there was ever a Nike shoe with heel flares, Mo Farah was cutting the backs of his shoes. Um, and I think a lot of people, like, had problems with, like, their Achilles rubbing. So I think it's a functional solution, which took on, like, a, a very aesthetic uh, design kind of language so i mean i don't think it'll ever go away anymore uh but i don't think we'll see it in like every other shoe like coming out um but in terms of high high stack height i like high stack height um i'm very comfortable with it i like it um my i mean and i think like zero drop and high stack height are not mutually exclusive things all of my zero height zero drop shoes have higher stack height than most of my now yeah all of the zero stack height shoes have more stack height in the forefoot than most of my daily trainers almost all of my daily trainers so i mean i only have two zero stack height shoes this ultra superior and the ultra escalante but they're like 24 millimeters in the forefoot there's not a lot of shoes that have more than that and I think the superior is like 14 millimeters in the forefoot, which is pretty like standard daily trainer territory. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, Martha says the effing heel flare doesn't serve any purpose beyond the more subtle versions, such as in the Brooks Hyperion Tempo. Just extra weight they could cut off. Well, that's interesting. It'll be funny if, like, in, um, in like, everyone's videos right now, like, if you watch a lot of the YouTube videos, which I'm, I'm assuming everyone here does, like me, um, on shoes, everyone's like, eh, they could have cut some of the rubber off of the outsole, we would have saved some weight. I, I, I think, Martha, you're onto something. That if, like, people cut off the heel flare, that, that would save a lot of weight. I also think what would save a lot of weight is, um, in terms of, like, the high heel stack height, though, like, the... Um, the flare that comes off the back of the shoe. I mean, the Hoka 910 or the 109, I think it's 109. The Hoka 109 is like a functional heel like cushion like the midsole flare. But a lot of the shoes just have a lot of like junk in the trunk for the sake of aesthetics, kind of like a lot of what's going on in like the Nova Blast for example. I know a lot of that is useful and practical, but a lot of it isn't. Like I wonder how much that like extraness weighs. Yeah. It's a good point, Martha. Not really, Hank Aaron says, cut my sugar and seed oil and your knee will get better. You think it, it I mean, is it an inflammation thing? Um, Trying to think of how much seed oil I have in my diet. I'm not sure how to measure that. Because I'm assuming it's probably just in a lot of stuff that I eat. Chris Yale says, the heel flare makes me look fast. Well, I will agree with you on that. The heel flare does make you look, I mean, I just, I think it looks pretty. But, um, I mean, I think that like, the epitome of the here like the Cadillac, like what did they call it? Uh, from the Cadillacs from like the fifties, the tail, tail fins, whale fins. What were those fins called on the, those giant fins that were on the back of caddies? Um, like the running version of that, I think is the new balance 1080 version 10. That heel flare is just gigantic. It's the biggest one. I think that's out there. Hmm. Uh, Rainer says, Kofuzi, are you going to review the beacon three? Apparently they released them today. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go have to try and buy one, and uh, I'll see if I can get some because I've I've been waiting for that shoe for a long time. I really do want to review that one. I loved Beacon One, Beacon Two was great too. Um, I felt like the midsole was the same, and slight changes to the upper, which I thought were fine. I didn't think the upper needed that much changing, but it was you know an update. And then Beacon Three, I'm hoping they just still didn't change all that much because I just like it. Um, yeah. Jonathan Fan says, have you thought about the new Clifton 7? Yes. I thought about it so much that I accidentally ordered it twice. So I've got to return a pair of them. So, so I have two pairs of them sitting in here right now. But I'll, I'll get to that eventually. Um, I mean, not eventually, but soon. Like, uh, I was going to run in them. You know, I'm trying not to review too many shoes while I still feel like I'm in, like, recovery zone. Because I feel like that's not necessarily the most fair to the shoes. Um, so... Because then it makes it harder for me to put it through, like, the variety of paces and try it at different kind of, like, speeds and, and things. That's all. But it'll be soon, I think. Um, let's see. Uh, Roadrunner Review says, I would like to see less structure in faster shoes like the speed. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that we don't need as much of, like, the stuff uh, in, in the speed shoes. Um, I just want it to be, like, a floppy upper. Kind of like Roger Bannister's kangaroo leather spikes that sold for however many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like that. Not quite that floppy, but I could go, I could live with that. Um, as long as the laces are not stretchy laces. Just take out, I don't like stretchy laces. Um, let's see. Someone was saying, uh, Frank LaHoulier says, I'm pretty sure the heel flare helps on downhills. Uh, I think I could see that because then you're like leaning back a little bit and like the angle you're hitting. I could see that. Uh, Tony Massia says it's also for aerodynamics, trying to limit the amount of drag the foot is creating. Nike talked about this during the original breaking too. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what Nike says. And I've talked to different Nike reps that have said the same thing that like aerodynamically it's sculpted that way. So there's less drag. Because, um, I mean, there's only so much of you going through the air, and though to the extent that you can minimize that drag, that's the idea. Um, but you know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen anyone in, an, in a wind tunnel before. So, like, I feel like if that were true, like, they would have done the thing with, like, the little smoke thing where you could see, like, the air, like, coming around, you know? But I haven't seen that. So, I mean, that kind of makes me wonder how true is that. Because even if that were just like a pure marketing stunt and like the drag like were maybe just only visibly noticeably different, but maybe not functionally different, I feel like we would have seen that. But I don't think I've seen that. But yeah, that's what they say. And that's um, my understanding of the reason why the trend started. Um, let's see. Uh, Rainrunner says, does the heel flare help prevent little rocks and detritus from getting into your shoe? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. I've had that happen to me with a couple of shoes that didn't have heel flares lately, and I was like, this is really annoying. Um, but I, I don't know if it actually helps or not. Hmm. Uh, B. Rutland says, hopefully the insoles will stay in place in the Beacon 3. My only issue, really enjoying that shoe. Yeah, I rem do you remember the year that the Beacon 1 came out? That year, like every other new balance shoe had a problem with when you ran in it the the insole would start slipping out the back of the shoe i had one almost completely come out while just regularly running um and then last year 
so I guess that was two years ago. Last year with the Beacon 2, I didn't have that problem or I didn't have that problem with any New Balance shoes. Um, but the year before that, I had the problem with the Beacon 2, the 890 version 7. I'm trying to think if there were any other New Balance shoes that I ran in that had that problem. But it seems like they fixed it. Maybe they just got better, more glue. Because when I, I just used spray adhesive and I glued them back in and then it was fine. Uh, let's see. Um, Jay Page says, the Beacon 3 looks a little alien, but I like it. Ordering it now. Yeah, it's like a weird design, but like the like all their designs are like kind of weird this year. That's just kind of what, what they decided to go with. Sean Marshall asks, isn't minimalist style the goal of Atreyu? Uh, yeah, I don't think they would call themselves a minimalist shoe because I feel like when you say minimalist, that means not only zero stack height, but also low, not only zero drop, but also low stack height. I don't think that's necessarily what they're going for, but I think they are going for like a more like stripped down approach. So less overlays, less stuff. Um, and even, and that extends from not only the shoe product itself, but also to like the purchasing model and how it all gets distributed and things like that. So uh, I think maybe is the answer to that question. Um, Steve, Steven Gersdorf says, I was doing over 50 miles a week a couple months ago and my back went out. Tried CBD for the first time and the pain went away. And Steve Ger Steven Gersdorf says, I'm six years old. Uh, Rainrunner says, I'm a fan of CBD. Uh, and Sean Marshall says, me too. You know, I've never tried any of the CBD products. Um, I know um, I know of a couple, I only know of a couple people that, that use it. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that do, but people that like I know personally that use it. Um, there's only a couple. I'm just not that familiar with it, and it always just kind of seemed like, well, you know who else uses it? Uh, Matt Chittum. I think Matt Chittum also uses some. I think it's a sponsor. They're a sponsor for his podcast as well, like the product he uses. But I know that there are people that use it. I've just never looked into it. Um, I've had a couple of CBD companies reach out to me. Um, maybe it's worth looking into. Hmm. Ryan Bradley says, any idea when the meta racer is out? I'm a big fan of the glide rides and I can't, cannot wait for the carbon version. You know, I thought that, um, the meta racer is out now in the U S cause I was looking at Emma, Emma Bates had a post on, um, Instagram and, uh, she, and there was a new person that was joining, like it's, I, it's like, Idaho something something like her like their their team that's out there uh, for ASICs and uh, she was running with a new training partner and they were both riding running in the meta racers and they were saying that the, they made the post because it was coming out today so I think they're out now in the US maybe I'm wrong on that hmm. um, yeah and then I happened to run on and it did my math test in the meta racers uh, for today's video and I ran in them yesterday, like out of just pure coincidence. Um, I wish I could say it's because we quartered, I worked with ASICs and it was all coordinated. So there would be like a multifaceted, like very savvy sort of, uh, product launch date, but it wasn't, it was just complete coincidence. Uh, yeah. Ross W says, I used to just buy black on black ASICs, but I'm fully embracing the alien look. Crazy colors, 40 millimeter stack height. Let's get weird. 
Yeah, that's good. That's a, good, that's a great, out, great attitude to have. I love that. Good job, Ross. Mr. Random says, the team at Believe in the Run got some info on the new bounce today saying that the foam in the midsole of the Beacon 3 is fresh foam. Yeah, I think that there were people that were sending me screenshots uh, from the New Balance UK website. And they've had this shoe for like two months already. And um, based on that, it would say it said that the um, midsole on the Beacon 3 was fresh foam uh, and not fresh foam X, which kind of everyone was thinking that it was going to go that way. Because when the 1080 version 10 came out with fresh foam X, we were like, oh, that must mean that they're definitely just going to push it through the line. Um, but it's just the fresh foam, just the fresh, like that, not that that's a bad thing. So I think that's what it is. Um, let's see. Yeah. Rainrunner says in terms of CBD, it definitely helps to live in a state where all of it is legal. Yeah. But isn't our, our CBD products, I, I mean, this is how little I know about it. Are CBD products regulated in the same way that, say, like recreational marijuana products are, are regulated um, or not regulated, I guess, is like the better word for it? Because I know that the, even before, like, Illinois kind of changed its position on it, um, uh, on, like, recreational use, people were using it in Illinois, like, in Chicago. But, I mean just because people were buying it from like commercial sources and in the regular chain of commerce doesn't mean it wasn't technically illegal. So I don't, I actually don't know. Um, Jay Pay says probably a good time to get beacon Two uh, on Joe's new balance outlet, 50 to $70. That is a fantastic price. That is an amazing price. Maybe it's time to do like a cheap shoe roundup. I mean, I'm not going to go out and buy all these shoes, but maybe I can, make a post about like, Hey, here's some prices. But the thing is a lot of times when shoes are cheap, they go fast. They go faster than I can make the video. And then if I make the video, even if I can make the video and they're still in stock by the time, like, like a month later, people are still watching the video and they're like, Hey, none of these shoes are in stock anymore. That's kind of the thing. Uh, all right. Michael Copera says, got a Nathan trail mix running vest. Been trying to figure out the right soft flask for the front pockets. Tried a 500 and 250 mil hydro pack and both pop right out at the very beginning of my runs. Is there a trick to this or just wrong flasks? Um, yeah, I, I've only used, I think, the soft flasks that have come with a vest before. I've never tried really mixing and matching because I think like they're kind of a lot of them are designed not super specifically but at least like within the brand of vest for each other because like the ones that i have from my camelback i don't think it would fit in like an ultimate direction vest or like in my nathan vest and like the ones in my nathan vest i think would sink in all the way to the bottom and i'd have to like dig be i'd be like digging them out if i put them in my camelback so i think maybe that's what it is um yeah i don't know um, but I've just been having a lot of problems lately with front loading water bottles. It's just, I don't know if like my body shape has just changed somehow where like, I just can't cinch down the vest tight enough and everything is just like sloshing and like chafing and like jumping around all over the place. So I, I've just kind of given up on like front bottles and I'm just going with the pack in the back. 
Uh, Rainrunner says it depends on the state. Like Washington doesn't sell just CBD products. You need a medical license, I think. Huh. Okay. And Martha says CBD is everywhere, and I think that's true. I think I've seen it at like race expos and stuff now too. Um, she says that apothec can out lotion she mentioned above can be ordered nationwide from Denver. Maybe I'll take a look at that. Maybe I'll just rub some on my knee. You know what I would have done if this was like 1995? I would have put some Tiger Balm on that. Um, and if it was 19, uh, like if it was like the year 2000, then I would put Ben Gay. Because uh, <laughs> that's in fact what I would put on my legs uh, in, during those years. I guess uh, maybe the 2020 version of that is CBD uh, products. <laughs> Did anyone else use that or is that just me? I remember my cousin uh, came over from Korea uh, in like the early 90s and uh, he brought, for some reason, he brought with him a bunch of Tiger Balm, and B-A-L-M, uh, if I'm saying it funny. Um, but he brought over a bunch of Tiger Balm and he just swore by this stuff all the time. And we would play a lot of basketball like most uh, Korean kids uh, growing up in New Jersey did uh, and basically all over the U.S. Uh, and... We would always like, oh, I'm sore today. Or if we'd go to the like workout, lift weights after we were sore, we'd be like, oh, hand me that Tiger Bomb. I got to put that on because I'm sore. It was just, it was funny. It was like, uh, it was what is the movie? My Big Fat Greek Wedding. You put the Windex on it. And we were just like, Tiger Bomb. Put it on there. You know, that's what we were doing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Steven Gersdorf says, do you think more money in the sport, uh, dot, 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 making it more like a professional American sport with sponsorships, commercial potential, celebrities, and money would ruin our sport or be good? Um, you know, I think that overall, I think it would be good for the sport. Uh, I think that there would be a lot of growing pains. I think um, it would require a lot of discipline that I think the sport currently doesn't have, like will, like political willpower, not political, but you know, overall like willpower that would currently the sport doesn't have enough of, and specifically in terms of doping, right? And so uh, the more money that comes into it, the more incentive there is to gain any sort of edge that's possible. But I forget what book I was reading. It was about um, like the addition of money. I forget the name, but it was addition of money to professional sports of a variety of different ones talking about like uh jack nicholas and golf and um like uh img in terms of like the sports agency and like the way that golf started taking in professional money specifically tv rights as well tennis also like tennis also will like went out of their way to make sure that the professionals had to be amateurs like that doesn't make sense but they couldn't like get paid to be able to compete in Wimbledon and the, and the French Open, U.S. Open, things like that. Um, and then they realize, like, once you let, like, regular people who may not be able to sustain themselves to be, like, uh, un, like unpaid professionals, um, it would increase the quality and caliber of the sport, and then more people would become interested and things like that. So I think in the same way that, like, tennis made a big mistake for a very long time and like just shunning people from accepting money to per participate in professional events. Um, I think opening up the sport to more avenues of making a livelihood from it, I think are going to be good for the sport. Um, but there are, you know, a lot of potential uh, pitfalls and speed bumps that could happen along the way. Um, uh... 